Dear Lord, we, we thank you that you can bring us all here together um, on this day. A day to look at your word and to explore, to think about it and to apply it to our lives. I pray that you'll be with us, working in all our hearts to glorify your precious name through what we hear, what we see and what we do. Amen. Okay, the passage today is from Philippians 4, 8 to 9. Finally, beloved brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is anything excellent, and if there is anything worthy of praise, Think about these things. Keep on doing the things that, that you have learnt and received and heard and seen in me. And the God of peace will be there with you. If you think back to the previous few verses, we see that they are not separated from these verses in 8 and 9, but rather a continuation linked by the, the word finally. Verse 8 says, think about these things. In this case, thinking is used in the present imperative, making it a command to be implemented as you live your life. You are to continuously think about how you need to apply these eight preceding aspects. It is not for some people, but every, each and every one of us. This is for you and for me. It will affect every aspect of your life. However, these are the final things to be applied after you have aligned yourself to God Deo. An alignment that we have previously covered, where we have rejoiced in the Lord, the Lord that has previous <clears throat> as various names because of the actions he performs. We are the ones that are called to be like our master and have the faith to trust God for the circumstances in our lives because they are for our good. Rejoicing recognizing God's hand in our situation while following his example, praying for ourselves and praying with all kinds of prayers, making our requests known to God. Why? So that this kind of alignment will help us put on the armor of God, an armor that extinguishes the fiery darts of the evil one, guarding our hearts and our minds giving us the peace of God in Christ Jesus. In rem remembering this, we can now explore what the final is when it comes to what we should be thinking about. We all recognize that words mean something. We realize this the most when we are the successful candidates of a job application. Most contracts we do not read. Just click, accept button, and the terms and conditions 
And that's it. But the exception is when it comes to your job description. The hours we will be working and are you required to work on Saturdays and Sundays? Then digging down another le level, when it comes to work, work times, does your contract state you are required to work 40 hours a week? Or does it state you are required to work a minimum of 40 hours a week? Only two word difference. But these two words have the potential to not only make or break your family, church, social life, but will also affect your income potential and your abilities to meet your wants and your needs. God wants us to think deeply about his words, at least the same kind of focus and desire that you would if you were reading your employment contract. When I was thinking about this, I was thinking, is life with God not more important than anything here on earth, then why do I not put more effort into studying it? Why does God not give me the strength? Why did I pray and ask? Is true living with the God of peace and the everlasting life that flows from it not worth the effort? In science fiction, they call making a planet that is void of life a habitable planet, terraforming. A process that a number of companies are looking at currently and are in the process of training a number of people who will be sent on a one-way ticket to Mars. That, that comes at a great cost, but when completed, will leave a legacy those who come after, if successful. Is this not what we do? When we give an account for why we believe, a thoughtful articulation of God's work in our life, a life-giving work that Christ does through the Holy Spirit, terraforming people's thinking and doing, because his word does not come back void and gives life. This week we read that Paul teaches of the word as a focal point of you are what you think. Frank Outlaw wrote, Watch your thoughts. They become your words. Watch your words. They become your actions. Watch your actions. They become your habits. Watch your habits. They become your character. Watch your character for they become your destiny. Controlling our thinking will have an impact on your life. Jesus says that if you look at a woman lustfully, you would have already committed adultery in your hearts. So we are to take our, our thoughts captive so that we do not sin. Solomon wrote, As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. In life we are told to follow our hearts. But the Bible says the hearts are, are, our hearts are um, wickedly evil. A dilemma, perhaps, as one sees there is a contradiction and a thinking person's mind will be wrestling to put this into perspective. 
an Indian proverb sums up this dilemma and answers it rather nicely. We have two wolves inside us, a good wolf and an evil wolf. The one that we feed is the one that will rule us. Go back to the passage Paul is writing to the brothers. And this is why the eight aspects have been we are to practice are written in the positive and not the negative. Brothers are brothers of the light because they hate darkness and come to the light so that people may be clearly seen that their work is carried out by God. I take it everyone has watched the news and seen the invasion of the Ukraine. Seeing the injustice of the hospitals and schools that have been bombed, the stealing of the land the food <coughs> and food by Russia, the bombing and the shooting of people that are living in the war zone because of coveting of resources and power. The thing that got me was my first thoughts were, why does Putin not get taken out? The thing that you would not know is what was feeding into the situation. I was watching a TV series on an abuse of power that suppressed and ruled over the weak. And in the series, it was always up to the one that was adept at killing to save the day by a spectacular, impossible act of bravery. Filled with impressive acrobatic martial art maneuvers, to kill the oppressed force in one sweeping action to save the day. The thing is, you do not just let these things flood your mind and then in a miraculous and then it miraculously disappears. It still affect, affected my thinking. We are Christians and we are not to do it like that. We are to pray for our enemies. We are to pray to God when we are thrown into the lion's den, trusting in God. So, be careful, little eyes, what you see. It's the second glance that tars your hands as darkness fills its strings. Be careful, little ears, what you hear when flattery leads to compromise the end is always near thoughts invade choices are made a price will be paid when you give yourself away a warning so how are we to stop the slow fade of light that is in us Controlling our thoughts is like training. Very few people can make a souffle on their first try or manage to fine-tune a motorcycle carburetor without being shown or spoken through the process. Our brain also needs training. Training by filtering the information that it takes in. Why? So we can control the actions that will flow from it. 
if you saw yourself as a computer, you would not load a virus intentionally into your system. That would be stupid and reckless. But we do it every day with our cell phones, TVs, apps on our <coughs> apps we subscribe to. So in the verse, Paul gives us eight general ways to filter the information we subject ourselves to, in this way protecting us from the proverbial garbage in, garbage out scenario. And having an overcomer mindset which assists us in focusing our minds on the holiness of God. From a human perspective, we need to acknowledge a natural encumbrance to our thinking. We, um, psychologically, we are geared to focusing on the negative, calamity and death. But this leads to anxiety, and we have covered that this is a sin and is the primary reason why we are called not to be anxious about anything. Our affections orientate our actions and directions in life. If our affections do not love God and His ways, they will lead to destruction. A life filled with pain, suffering and misery. Those that choose this path will love it so much they will find new ways to explore it. They will make choices according to their wills and affections, which is controlled by their mind. However, this is not the path for believers. We are to have a positive outlook, rejoicing in the good favor, blessings, promises, and hope that the Lord, our sovereign God, who rules over everything and gives us what we need, the mind of a believer will be renewed through godly thinking. The affections of, of the believer are so focused on the, these eight filters of positive and godly thinking. However, it is more than just a focus. The whatever is or the if there is anything is asking you to spend time dwelling on each of the words. It calls you to meditate and to think logically about each of them as you integrate and apply them into your life. The first filter being that of truth. This is not the relative truth. Often you hear a statement like, your truth is not my truth when both people are talking about the same thing, where only one person can be right. The truth is God's truth, a truth that is, is a narrow path with set parameters, which are for your good, where compromise is a lukewarm attribute and which, which will be spat out and rejected by God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. An aspect of this truth is that you love truth and you love driving out the darkness of lies. Lies that, will, that we will tell ourselves, lies that we tell each other, 
We tell the truth not to win an argument, but to speak gently into the heart of the deceived. Truth is not only an external observation of recognizing what is potentially true or false on the news, or having a rubbish detector when you are speaking to a child or a friend, but it is an internal perspective on how we think. It relates to the questions we ask and how we interpret Scripture to help us interpret in the correct course of our actions. The seraphim in the Bible have eyes around and within. Why? Because they are in the presence of a holy God. They cannot have sin being close to God. Remember God's statement with Moses at Mount Sinai where he required a boundary to be placed around the mountain. Why? So that God would not go against them. If we one day will be where God is and we are to be a holy people, a kingdom of priests, then the question to be asked is, how do you detect and observe sin in your life? A lying spirit has been allowed to walk this, this world, creating lies resulting in bitterness, wrath, anger, wrangling, slander, and malice in every form to tempt you. Remember the promise of God, promises of God, that you will not be tempted more than you can handle, and that where sin abounds, grace did much more abound. And no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. The second filter is whatever is honourable or noble. This relates to the to the one sphere, of, one sphere of influence. You are a person who has influence, like an elder, an older, a deacon, a king, a leader, a friend. We all have influence, but are we living a life that, that we are called to? Are we the light on the hill because of the way we conduct ourselves? Look at Paul that speaks and lives a life that enables him to gain the favour of the gods. How, you might ask? Through his honourable character. God who uses a life like that to transform the, the life of the gods that were watching him. This touches on your character that needs to be honourable. Imagine if the church could look in and watch you what part of the biblical lesson would you teach us god is watching what honorable story does your life speak to his glory the third filter whatever is just or right right or righteous that which meets god's standard a legal ruling, a ruling that is given through God's eyes. 
Are you fair when it come <clears throat> when coming up with a resolution of another's character and deeds? Is it law-abiding and fair? Did you ask the correct questions? Do you know them enough to know what is going on in their lives? Do you consider everything before you judge? So is your judgment sound? Or have you taken shortcuts because you lack time, understanding and laziness? The Lord knows the ways of the righteous, but the ways of the wicked will perish. The question that is left is, how will your thoughts measure up to the holiness of God and his justice? Filter form. Whatever is pure, clean, modest, chaste, it's moral purity. Are, are you focused on heavenly things or earthly things? We look at the, sac <clears throat> the sacrificial lamb which had to be spotless so it could be sacrificed. We, we look at Jesus who had to be clean from sin. He was not even allowed one sin in all his time on earth. So how pure is your pure? Your conduct affects your status when considering pure. If you have thought of someone other than your spouse lustfully, you have sinned. You've shown anger towards anyone, you have murdered them in your heart. So what about coveting? You look at someone else and want what they have. Looks, bold, assets, money. However, God wants us to master our thoughts. That's why we are part of a community. A community where we are all pressed on all sides by our weaknesses so that we can help each other. By the example that we set and how we are enabled to master our thoughts. People that you might find attractive or seem to rub you up the wrong way. People who have more or less than you. But do not forget, you have a purpose. You are unique and wonderfully made. Don't be a mule with blinkers on. Open your eyes and see what gifts God has given you. Open your ears and hear the gifts others have said you have. Be joyful because you know what he has given you. Be joyful for those gifts which you have had to work so very hard to make them usable. Bear this in mind, that the moment of your death, you can no longer practice in the work of God on earth. You will no longer practice in storing up treasures in heaven, and you will no longer participate in the glory of God here on earth. Accept and be content with what you've been given. Knowing you are loved and God has a wonderful plan for your life. A plan that is rooted in holiness and his purity 
for which you strive. The fifth filter is whatever is pleasing or lovely. Thoughts about other people that flow from a brotherly love, that promote peace and draw people together. You see, you can judge someone and you might be right in your judgment, but does love, empathy, grace and mercy saturate your judgment? You are breathing, aren't you? It just shows how much love, empathy, grace and mercy you are currently receiving as we speak. Surely these overflow to those around you. God loved you when you were still an enemy of his. So follow in his example and do the same because this is pleasing to him. When our focus is on God and his ways, we can show love and mercy even to the most toxic of enemies. The sixth filter, whatever is commendable. A good report, morally attractive. The opposite is not fitting, filthy, silly or crude talk. Instead of spreading one good report for every seven bad reports, like the world of marketing, imagine Imagine the impact you would have spreading good reports, building up the body of Christ because you complement and strengthen each other verbally. Where you are looking for good in others, surely this will increase the, the positive you see as you become more adept at seeing it. Putting our expectations aside, of what is acceptable and working with the unique individual in front of you. The seventh filter. If there is anything excellent or virtuous, this being a character reference when it comes to high moral excellence. Virtues that are found in the Ten Commandments where we are given the laws that will allow us to love God and to love our neighbour as well as the fruits of the Spirit, where we display love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, gentleness, and self-control, virtues that carry people through life according to a moral code that is beneficial in growing their community, quorum Deo. So what do you celebrate and treasure in your home? What virtues do you uphold? If you love watching smutty and, way and wayward shows contradicting your professed life in church, don't expect your family to comply with your expectations for them. And lastly, if there is anything praiseworthy or is worthy of being commended, Paul wants us to focus on catching people doing good things, things that God does. Then praising God and giving a kind word of encouragement to the person for their noteworthy actions. Rejoicing in the Lord and praising God is a sign to others where our focus is and from where the good work originates. Why? Because God is good.
So how do we apply this? Paul asks us to imitate his life by using what you have learnt and received and heard and seen. The thing is, hopefully you can learn from this you can learn from this from those mature Christians around you. Remembering the elders that were asked to sort out Judea and Syntyche, the two ladies who were in disagreement. However, these are the same ladies that worked hard in the Lord. You can still focus on the good while working on the aspects that need work. Do we know these eight mind-renewing aspects? I am sure you all know the parts of the armor of God or the fruits of the Spirit. Why not these eight? If this is our thinking that leads to action, then this should be very at the very forefront of our priority list. Now there is an aspect of this that leads to legalism, and I am not I will not be drawn drawing any lines in the sand. Paul gave very broad guidelines, and you will find that that as you walk your journey of purification, you will find that the road will get narrower. And you will realize, if you have not already, that there are many paths of righteousness, not just one. Remember that we are all different. So take this into account when assessing others in gentleness. You are responsible for your action, sorry, for your application of the text. Be aware that we might each focus on a different aspect and hopefully multiple aspects, but giving grace to one another as we all work on the aspects the Spirit would have us prioritize. Look out for these changes, acknowledge them, and thank God for them, just like Paul did, helping each other while building each other up. Applying what you hear, learn, and see to your life, becoming fully mature in Christ Jesus, Paul, Paul, Paul's example was lived out in front of the church. We are called to do the same. Even if we are in jail, be comforted that God of peace will be right there with you. And let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus.